This is an ABC podcast. As a stand-up comedian, sometimes you have very busy work days. I had one of those days yesterday. It was jam-packed. I woke up, did my hair, got ready for the gig. 8pm, I did the gig. It was 10 minutes of stand-up. I mean, I was wrecked. So after a massive day, all I wanted to do was just come home, plonk myself on the couch and watch something to zone out to. Luckily, I've got access to six streaming services, so I've got plenty to choose from. So I started scrolling, as I normally do, switching from Netflix to Stan to Disney to Paramount to Amazon and so on. And when I checked my watch, four hours had passed and I hadn't even watched a thing. Has this ever happened to you? So we're going to look at how much you are spending on subscriptions and how you can save money. I'm Nazim Hussain and this is The Pineapple Project. Australians are now carrying 2.3 streaming service subscriptions per household. That's Professor Jana Bowden, an expert in consumer psychology from Macquarie University. We're currently apparently on average, according to the research, spending $55 a month for our digital entertainment. $55 for TV, something that not that long ago was free. It's incredible. And the amount of money we're spending on this is massive. Oh, the analogue TV days. It was so simple. Five channels, take your pick. You either watch Neighbours or Home and Away. You get absolutely smashed with ads and then you go to bed. But with streaming services like Netflix, Stan and Binge, Aussies have access to a wider range of content than ever before, which is a good thing, but maybe also a bad thing too. Because we might have infinite hours of TV to watch, but not nearly as much time to watch it all. So why are we spending so heavily on streaming service subscriptions? One of the reasons, FOMO. No one wants to have that conversation down the corridor where you haven't watched the latest Netflix show. There was some research done where consumers were asked, like, how they felt about FOMO. 28% of watchers lied to say they've seen something, that, you know, new latest release streaming show, just so they feel like they could fit in. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? 28% of us lie about it. (laughs) It's like not just fear of missing out, is it? It's like fear of feeling socially awkward amongst people who are making judgments of you. If this train doesn't slow down, soon we'll be spending more money on watching reality cooking shows than on cooking real food itself. Yana says some of us are looking inwards. 36% of us are actually thinking about cutting two or more subscription services. So the first thing that we need to do is just take a check of what we've subscribed to and then just think about cutting some of those out. You know, do we really need to have three, four, five subscription services when there are so many free services out there as well? Self-audit time. Here we go, guys. I'm putting it all out there for the good of the pineapple. Here is what I am spending on TV streaming this month. You ready? Okay. I am subscribed to Disney Plus, $11.99. Binge, $16. Paramount Plus, $8.99. Prime, $6.99. Apple TV Plus, $7.99. And Netflix, $10.99. That is a grand total of $63 a month. Once in my life, I am above average. But in a bad way. I don't want to spend that kind of money on TV, especially when I'm watching shows that I'm not even in. Tech journalist Tegan Jones knows exactly how I feel. 
The thing was, at least when they first started out, they were much cheaper than pay TV and more convenient than what was happening over on free to air, which was starting to feel a little outdated. They made people fall in love with true on-demand television, as well as they kicked off binge culture by dropping an entire season of a show at once. Plus, you didn't have to cop like a ton of ads every seven minutes. So collectively, we weren't taking as much psychic damage (laughs) as free to air. And with every new streaming service comes a new way to keep us subscribed for longer and longer. We're now flooded with options, so your favourite shows are spread all over the place, so you can't really just get away with one service anymore, and the prices are going up. What really drew people to these services beforehand was getting to binge something in one go if you wanted to, but... As that landscape has changed and as it's gotten a lot more busy out there with all of these services, people are more time poor. They don't necessarily have time to watch everything in one day. And we're seeing this trend change where some of the subscription services or the streaming services are actually going back to that drip feeding, like an episode a week sort of thing, especially Apple TV+. Plus. I really think that they're king when it comes to this model where it means that it's easier for you to watch it, but it also keeps you subscribed for longer. And they've also done it so that their really big premium shows won't necessarily be dropped at the same time either. So you might finish watching Ted Lasso, for example, but then the next big thing comes out, so you have to stay subscribed for longer. So they reeled us in and we took the bait and now we're on the hook forever. Or are we? Brendan Markey Towler is a behavioural economist, and we asked him what's going on in our brains to make us so susceptible to these services. He says it starts with something called the competence difficulty gap. The basic rule there is there's a lot of the world and not very much of you. There's a lot of complexity to the world and you don't have the computing power to, to deal with it. Because, you know, we can only keep seven plus or minus two bits of information in our brains at any one time. And so what you end up relying on is, how does this particular little transaction make me feel? So what Brendan is saying is that our brains are just not good at keeping track of so many things at once. So we kind of push the calculating part of our brain aside and just go with our feels. So deep down, we know we already have all the streaming services that we could possibly need. But then we see that there's this new TV show that's just come out and it's on a channel that we don't have access to. And and it's a steal, only $6.99 a month. Our poor little brains don't do the maths and figure out how much it costs every month. Because in that moment, all we know is just that we want it. You can say, well, look, I'm willing to pay two or three bucks extra per month to get a little bit of extra streaming service, to get that extra episode of House of Cards or that extra episode of, I don't know, Tiger King, I suppose. And that kind of makes sense, that uh, that transaction in isolation. But if you were to add it up and look at the whole state of your finances, all the little transactions that you've done and add them together, you'd get a much more accurate view of your finances and that decision might not make sense. Brendan Markey Towler, you are on the money. I did get out a calculator and it didn't make any sense. It feels like there must be powerful factors at play to make me make decisions that don't actually make sense. Because I'm an incredibly rational guy. It turns out that one of those powerful factors is a drug that my brain actually makes and loves to use. It's called dopamine. Dopamine is the same chemical that's secreted when we drink alcohol, when we have relations with our intimate others, and when we ingest cocaine, right? So it's a very, 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 
very powerful neurotransmitter. It's a very, very intense feeling. And the way that it gets activated is when you can see some objective in the future, some future state that you would like to be in, and you engage in an action that moves you towards it. And if you've got something like the goal of being entertained, right, which is a very important motivation, like you need to be entertained, boredom is, is, is torture, literally. It's obvious that your dopaminergic system is going to be activated by getting a little, a really easy hit that moves you towards that goal. So whenever you're buying a new subscription service, you're getting a dopamine hit, not just from the actual entertainment that you're buying, but from moving towards that goal of being less bored. And it's easy to see how these strange behaviours Brendan's talking about can just happen again and again. Naz see shiny thing? Naz not remember Naz entertainment budget. Naz buy thing to get dopamine hit. Naz slap Naz head. Repeat. Seems hopeless. So what do you think, pineapples? Should we just give in? No! We should fight back! And in the frugal corner, wearing the red trunks is... Stephen! And Stephen's frugal credentials are solid. I'm the friend that has always won a bunch of things through free competitions or always using coupons. I'm always known for racking up frequent fly points for travel. I think, you know, the streaming game is no different. Stephen, tell me, how many subscription services do you currently have? Well, I probably have about... Four to five. I'd say the always on a KO and Netflix, thanks to my parents, of course. And even those they got through, you know, some 12-month Telstra deal, which I hooked them up with. I'd say I'd rotate through Disney Plus, Binge, Stand, Paramount. Really depends on what I'm after. So how much would you spend per month on these streaming services? Maximum, probably $15. 15 So you're so you have four to six subscriptions and you're paying 15 bucks. Yeah, and I'd say that 15 bucks is normally just me forgetting to to cancel one and actually getting stung. So, you know, I'm happy to let one slip through here or there considering um, the free ride I've got today. Wow, that is genius. Stephen is getting as much content as I am, but for a quarter of the cost. But a deal like that doesn't come easy. When I'm not leeching from my parents or friends, I would normally just kind of cycle really depending on what TV show I'm after. So if there's a certain show that's dropping or I know that's coming out, I'd wait that perfect moment to basically sign up with a different email address. But better yet, making sure that when I'm signing up, I'm not just getting the free basic four-week period, that I'm getting, you know, a six-week or a three-month subscription sort of introductory period. Okay, two tips there. He uses his parents' passwords, so not free per se, but free to Stephen. And then he signs up to a service for just the time it takes to watch a show, then cancels a subscription. And Stephen's always on the lookout for a deal from a third-party company, like a fast food outlet or a telco, to get these extended free periods. The good news is that often, you know, companies will do deals with them. So even Telstra, for example, might do a, oh, you know, six-month introductory offer to Stan um, for new X amount of sort of cardholders. So you've just got to make sure that you're always tapping into these resources and always keeping your eye out. Um, Other ways that I like to keep my eyes out on that is, look, I'm not the only stingy or savvy one out there. There are websites where we all kind of, you know, communicate with each other. Some of these websites are Oz Bargain, which um, kind of always has the latest deals and coupons, which I love dearly. People talk about these things on Twitter. People talk about these things on Reddit. 
you know, it's, it's really just keeping your ears open. So if it's that simple, why don't we all do this stuff? The coupon hunting and the login sharing and whatnot. I guess because it takes a lot of time to be across all the bargain forums online. And personally, I don't have that time. Do you know how much time it takes to be across all the dance challenge fails on TikTok? Several hours a day. I'm run off my feet. So, is there another way to break this habit of spending big on subscriptions? Brendan Markey-Towler talks about the power of habit. He says, if we build habits to train our brains not to be susceptible to new subscription streaming services, we can save. He says, there are three things we need to do to develop a new habit. The first one we all know, repetition. Repetition, repetition, repetition. In this context, it means every time you don't make the purchase on a whim, that strengthens the neural pathways that underlie that decision. It makes it a little bit easier for you to make the same decision in the future, to have that discipline in the future. But how do we get that repetition building over time? How do we make it easier for that rather than just sheer willpower? Context and reward, the other two elements of building habits. So context. Structure your environment so that it's easier for you to exercise willpower and make the right choice. So I think I've been on this podcast before and talked about the value of taking your payment means and putting them somewhere else, right? None of us remember what our MasterCard details are. Put them somewhere else. When your systems prompt you to allow them to autofill, don't. Don't let them autofill. Structure your environment so that it's a little bit more difficult for you to engage in the behavior that you don't want to engage in, right? That will help you build that habit of not succumbing to temptation. That will build your habit of, oh, I've got to put my credit card details in. I've got to go find my wallet. And as I'm doing, well, yeah, yeah, I've got to go find my wallet. That's making me think about the state of my finances. I literally did this last night when I was buying something online. Okay. So to form a new habit, in my case, the habit of not subscribing to new TV streamers, I need repetition and context. The third thing, reward. Reward yourself. It can be as simple as you catch yourself wanting to add a new subscription so that you can get the latest show. I go out and I say, Rob, that was really good. I did not actually buy that. I'm going to have an extra latte today. You know, I'll have an extra flat white. I'll treat myself. I'm going to have a little chocolate. I was already going to have an extra latte today and maybe a little chocolate. So now I'm going to have to figure out what they'll be my reward for. Having access to subscription services in your own home is great. We have amazing TV shows and movies for a reason. They're a brilliant way to relax at the end of a day and live vicariously in the lives of others. So let's not let this episode be a guilt trip for something that brings joy. Instead, let's recap some of the ways to be mindful of our spending so that when we do plonk ourselves in front of the TV, we can genuinely feel great. Here are the top tips. Do an audit. Write down the services you're subscribed to and see how much they cost. Then ask yourself, is that how much I want to be spending every month? Build a new habit to break out of TV subscription addiction. Just remember, repetition, context and reward. Keep an eye out for deals from third-party companies for extended free subscriptions and discounts. Switch between services. Watch one till you drop, then drop it for the next one. If you're feeling FOMO, just pretend you've seen the latest show. That's what I do. 
Just remember that statistically about one third of people are pretending anyway, so it's pretty unlikely you're going to get found out. And don't let your browser auto-populate your credit card details. That way, you're less susceptible to impulse subscribing. Next time on The Pineapple Project, we find love in all the cheapest places. It's frugal dating, pineapple style. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app. When was the last time you bought something to wear? This week? Yesterday? The average Australian buys 56 items of clothing and chucks out 15 kilos of clothes a year. So how did we get here? I'm Veronica Milsom, host of the ABC podcast Threads, where I undress the fast fashion industry and how it's designed to make us buy until we die. Threads. It's everything fast fashion doesn't want you to know. Hear it in the ABC Listen app.